Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. So today we are overwhelmed with joy and expectation as we are going to participate together on Build Together. And I, I, Becky and I are excited, and this isn't like a bragamony, but today I stand sit before you. This is the largest check we have ever written in the history of our marriage. But the cool thing is, a few days from now, we will celebrate 36 years of marriage. <clears throat> and this is our envelope, and there is, for us, a big fat check in it. And again, it's not equal amounts. It is equal participation or equal sacrifice, and we all participate. But in it, in this envelope on Insight, we wrote out what we're believing. And I could tell you what I'm believing for. You say, are you believing for a house, a car? Well, I already have a house. I have a car. I am believing that Jude, John, and Jake, and their wives, and our grandchildren, and the grandchildren to come, that the word of God will never depart from my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and children. And should Jesus tarry, that Fuquays are going to serve Jesus for centuries in Jesus' name, and we will be future glory people. Amen. And so for me, my future glory, yes, it's a part of this church. It's a part of living in California. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this offering today because when they were singing, David and them were singing, do it again or revival. I just begin to see up, oh, watch out United States of America. You're going to start visiting California, not for her beach, not for Disneyland, but for the revival that is happening in this state of the incredible, generous, awesome, all-in people. Can you give the Lord a shout and a hand clap? Can you say amen? Look at your neighbors say, it's built together Sunday. I can honestly say, you will never outgive God. And what he was saying was so true. Okay, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Colossians. We'll just share just a little bit today. And at the end of this sermon, that's when together we're going to come and we're going to participate. And it, it's really important that we all do it. It's called synergy. It's called mojo. It's when all of us are on the same page, one mind, one mouth, one judgment that we can see California receive future glory. And I really do believe that present pain, future glory. Today, what I want to talk about is you and I, look at me, we're made for future glory. Let me say it another way. You're made to be a minister. And when I say minister, I'm not talking about coming on the platform, speaking or singing. I'm talking about there is a reason that you are breathing on this earth. And what will it say in your epitaph or your tombstone? Will it say he or she made a lot of money, ran a great company, was really smart, received a baccalaureate, maybe even a 
doctorate, went into medicine, politics, education. What would it say? Lived, party, then passed away. Lived, made a lot of money, then passed away. I stand before you at the age of 62 and a half, and I can tell you, Becky and I are more excited today than we've ever been in our marriage because we have been made to be ministers. Our lives will always make a difference, and that's how we bring future glory to California. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to write this down. You're going to Colossians chapter 1. We can change California. I want you to think about that. Please write that down online and here in person. We can change California. I want to say that again. We can. We can change California. I'm going to say it again. I, I don't know. I am not willing or ready just to roll over and play dead and become a dead salmon lifelessly floating with the currents of culture. I want to shout it. We can change California. We could do it here. We could do it online. We, let me rephrase it. We are changing California. And you must know this. We can change California when all of us, you need to write that down, not a few of us, not half of us, but when all of us become ministers. Did you get that? When we become ministers and are fully invested in the ministry God has given us. So how can we change California when all of us, everyone say all, say it again. When all of us know and become the ministers God had created and we are fully, we become fully invested in our ministry, future glory will come to California. Can you say amen? Now, one last thing we're going to begin to read. God never, ever anoints organizations, fellowships, missionary or ministry organizations, or even churches. God anoints individual men and women who through his initiative, they've been made a minister and they fulfill that ministry. That's what God anoints. And those anointed people start organizations. They start missional beliefs. They plant and pioneer churches. We are going to change California forever and for good. Okay. So we're going to read in Colossians verses 23 to 29, and I want you to look for a phrase in the New King James that says, become a minister, but I like other translations where it says, made a minister, made a minister. Here we go. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, and I just want to stop right there. To continue in the faith, that means your faith had to be awakened. And you couldn't believe in and of yourself. None of us could. We were dead in our selfishness, in our trespasses. But he quickened us. What did he quicken? By grace, he quickened our ability to trust him and believe in him. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, look, listen to this, ground it and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I Paul get this became a minister say that with me became a minister or one translation I want you to just write this down was made a minister I just want you to get that I believe today as we come together and and I know Becky and I I wrote in Inside. Well, Becky wrote, I asked her to write, inside this envelope is one phrase, new beginning. 
a new beginning. And I believe that we will experience a new beginning and I am on a discovery path. God, what are you making me to do this season? Yes, I know I'm leading this church, but can I tell you, I will be made a minister in every season, every day, every month, every season of our lives. I want to fulfill the call of God for me. Can you say amen? And, and today, I really believe this will be catalytic in not only becoming a minister, but investing in the ministry God's already given to us. Now, here we go. Became a minister, verse 24, now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which here it goes again, which I became a minister or I was made a minister. Say that with me, was made a minister according to the stewardship, underline that word from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26, the mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to who? To us, his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And what is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which he works mightily in me. Can you say amen? I know many times when we think of minister, we think of an occupation that someone who works for a church like Pastor Jude, Pastor Michael, Pastor Gabrielle. I want you to know that's not the concept that Paul is using when he's writing to the Colossians, when he said, I was made a minister or I became a minister. Because you see, I'm going to give you four Greek words and one, several that he uses in this passage. You see, minister isn't for someone who's professionally called, went to seminary, and all they do is talk about the Bible. No, no, no. Every person, when we are born again, and we put trust in Jesus Christ, we begin to seek. I don't know about you. Before I was born again, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a dream board. I had a career path. But then, all of a sudden, Jesus found me. And when I began to trust in the Lord with all my heart... I desire to serve him. And so right there, when Paul says in verse 23 and in verse 25, I was made a minister or I became a minister, I want to tell you that word in the Greek. The word minister in the Greek is diakonos. And that is where we get our English word deacon. And it kind of sounds religious, doesn't it? It sounds like it should be a part of Ebenezer Baptist Church. Deacon Jude. Deacon Terry, Deacon Jimmy and Susan, and, or Deaconess Susan. And really then that was not a religious word. When Paul used the word, I became a minister, I was made a minister, he wasn't talking, yeah, and the board of the church asked me to be the deacon of the coffee. No, he's, it's not that word at all. In fact, that word means a servant, a waiter, but not even a waiter, a uh, 
an underweighter, a busboy, a bus girl, someone he could do very common, unskilled work. This is an entry-level serving position where a deaconos, a diaconos, their eyes are on people. Oh, you need some more water? I, I got it. Oh, you need another menu? Thank you. That they're very attentive. Can I say how in the world can California go from present pain, and she is in present pain, to future glory if we do not begin to see ourselves differently you're not just a business person you're not just an IT gal you're not just a business owner we are ministers and we have a purpose and a call in this life right now you say, well, I don't know, I don't know. I've never been trained. I haven't been to cemetery. I mean seminary. It does not matter. You could do the low-level, entry-level. Anyone could work the parking lot. If I could work the parking lot, I can't even back up my car. I was driving Becky's Tesla, and you have to back it into the garage to plug it in. And she said, can you do it? I said, no. I started sweating bullets. Can I tell you, you don't have to have, you can't, you don't have to be a part of NASCAR. You don't even have to sing. You could become a minister by simply accepting that you can serve at the lowest level. And when you serve at that level, the glory of God comes to people's pain, their hurt, their sin, their selfishness. And so when he said, I became or I was made a minister, he was saying, yeah, I was made really a common worker. And even Jesus, this, this is so key about bringing glory to our time. Even Jesus said, the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve. I'm wondering, I want to say, I, Jimmy Lee, you are unbelievable. He owns his own business and he serves the men and women who uh, works for his company. Why? Where did he get that from? He got it from Paul. He got it from Jesus. We were made to be everyday servant leaders. Now, another word, just say with me, say made to be. Now, get this. It didn't say made to do ministry. Because a lot of people, Pastor, I just want to work for the church. How can I do ministry? Can I follow you? Well, first of all, you better put the towel around your waist and you're going to have to get on your knees, wash some feet, clean some toilets, and flat out just serve people. And you know what? Some people say, oh, Pastor, do you actually work, the people who work at the church? Yeah, you want to spell ministry? W-O-R-K. Okay, the next word is a Greek word, and it's called doulos. In doulos, Paul says, I'm a servant in Romans 1. Philippians chapter 1, I love it. It says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants, that's doulos, to the saints who are in Philippi. I guess we could say the saints in Santa Barbara, the saints in Ventura, the saints in all of California. He said to the deacons and to the bishop. Word deacon is diakonos, but Paul says bond servant. Now, the Hebrew context of this word doulos comes from the Torah. And it says, if you have a Hebrew servant who works for you seven years, and he comes to you in the seventh year and said, you know what? I fared well in your house, and I want to be your servant forever, that you will take, you will pierce his or her ear, and his ear will belong to you forever, and he will serve your house forever. However, 
never, if he chooses to go free, don't let him go empty-handed. You say, when did you become a minister? I could tell you right now. It wasn't until I trusted the Lord with all my heart. And the reason why this is so powerful today, some of you so want a richer life, a deeper life, a life that has meaning. Just today before service, we were praying, a couple of us, and this woman in our church who is a spectacular saint. And I looked at her and I said, your life has made such a difference. And we started talking and she started crying. You know what she said? She goes, I was thinking today and I've thought about it. Did my life really make a difference? I don't know about you, but on our deathbed and with our last breath, we're not going to say I should have made another hundred thousand or I really should have had 2000 more Instagram followers or I really should have liked that picture and gave it two thumbs up. No, no, no. I want to use my life to make a difference in other people's lives. I want to be a servant. And you say, yeah, yeah, that's easy for you. You're the pastor. Can I tell you, I'm going to be a servant of people when I'm a lead pastor, when I'm not a lead pastor, but because, but because before I am a pastor, I am a servant. Can you say amen? Now, another one, now, diakonos, which is a common uh, servant. Now, doulos is someone who is a servant becomes under. And doulos means we have attention for just one in its Lord. Now, I want to give you another one. This is a Greek word, and I love this. It is hupareites, hupe, which means under, like hupamoni, to come under. That's how we'll make it, to endurance. That's the Greek word. Well, hupareites means under, and reites, hupe, means under. Reites means roar. Now, back then in the Greek culture, one of the greatest ancient navies belonged to the Athenian culture, the Athenian navy. And they had these ships that had three levels. And the way they would, the ships were operated, they didn't have uh, gas-powered ships back then. They had three levels of roars. And these roars were all chained. And they had to come into a synchronization to make that ship go to the port or to the place or the destination and it's very very interesting we must pay attention and they call these ships triremes because tri three levels and so at every level they were rowing and they even had a cadence to it can I say I feel hell shaking in its boots because we are like ancient roars we're all coming you say what is a row my money is a row but my life is a row so come on we're not going away from Jesus we're rowing to Jesus to reach California who parade taste we are under rowers and we are not getting our commands from men we're getting our commands from the captain of the ship called Christ and when he says row that means come on let's go we are going to be people who bring glory to California why because we've been made something are you with me on that? Can you say amen? So you have diakonos, which is really, think about it. A bus boy, a bus girl. You don't even need much training. What was my first job? Washing dishes. I think everybody should wash dishes. Men, become a dishwasher. Because when you get married, you're going to wash dishes. 
I'll never forget as a youth pastor throughout the years, young men, he'd say, Pastor Jude, yeah, I'm dating her. I said, are you keeping yourself pure? He said, no, I'm not. I'm just practicing for marriage. I said, really? You're practicing for marriage? You think that's all you're going to do in marriage 24-7? You want to practice marriage? Take out the trash, clean the kitchen, serve your family, walk the dog, babysit your brothers and sisters. That's what you'll do because when you get married, God's not, he told me this one day, I go, babe, can you get me a Coke? Babe, can you get me a Snickers bar? Babe, can And the Lord said, hey, I didn't give her to serve you. I gave her for you to serve. I like that. Even Tony's doing that one. Come on. Come on, Tony. So what happened yesterday? Becky worked. And I really did not want to cook. Because that's not my real gift. So it takes a lot of energy and effort. And I get worn out doing it. But how many of you know I'm a bus boy? How many of you know I'm already serving someone and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of you know I feel not only in this church, but around California, a bunch of believers in one of these ancient ships. We are hooping, rate taste, we're under rowing. And so I know her favorite dish. So I got the Cajun book out and I made sauce pecan with fresh halibut. And I took a picture and I said, when you get home, look what you get to eat. And I put it in at the right timing as I'm watching LSU football. And I said, Lord, thank you because I've served you let them win. Yay. Hoopa Reites right there. I'll hoopa your Reites right now. It means an under rower. Don't miss the opportunity when a church is coming together. Because can I tell you, when run roar gets out of sync or doesn't row at all, they're removed. Come on, I will not be removed. Look, I didn't qualify myself. Therefore, I cannot unqualify myself. However, I can disqualify myself by my own choices. Can you say, wow? You know how you say it if you do it backwards? Wow. Oh, come on. Okay, I want to give you another one. Now, in that word, I want you to go back. Let's look at Colossians. I want to give you that I'm going to give you not only deacon, which is a common bus boy, bus girl. You're not even the waiter. You're the underwaiter. It's an entry level. You know what I think, and I want you to look at me for a minute. I think California is tired of believers who are pompous. We come at it like a bunch of top dogs, alpha dogs. Paul didn't think that way. I think too, with millennial and younger believers, it almost said, yeah, we're gonna win 30 million people in one day. And you know what? Jesus never did that. Jesus chose to hang out with 12 men for three years, and one of them was a devil. And even Paul. Do you know Paul when he says, I'm a diakonos, I'm a doulos, I'm a hupe retes. And I'll give you the next one. He never thought of himself as this great big guy. In fact, his three missionary journeys, he went to the same places. And so some of you, why do you always go here or there? Why do you go to Wood Ranch? That's my first missionary journey right there. Are you with me? I am here to reach a few people. And can I say, we don't get this, and I'm going to tell you in a moment, when I work on the depth of my ministry, which is Jesus. He works on the width and the breadth of my reach in ministry. Did you hear me, what I just said? 
And so I want to read this. Let's, let's go on to this. Get, look at verse 29. It says, of which I became a minister. According to what? According to stewardship. According to stewardship, which is oikonomos. And that is a household servant. It is someone who's over. It's not his house. This isn't my church. It's God's church. It's our church. And all we are, all of us, not just Jude and Becky, not just Michael and Gabrielle, not just Darlene and Anthony, we are all ministers. And what does that mean? We are servants. We are stewards, a manager of this house. And you know why we give our time and our energy? It's not just money, because we are household managers of what God is building. And I have to push back. Some people say, well, we're a part of this organization. We're a part of this ministry. We give to this ministry. That's great. That's great. That's great. Can I say the greatest investment of our lives as a diaconos, as a doulos, as an underroar, as a house manager is giving, serving, loving, and being a part of a local church that the world can know the glory of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? I want you to go back. Can we do this? Go back to Colossians chapter 1. And I want you, how did Paul respond? And you must really know this. God has already paid for us and made us a minister. When it says, I was made a minister, he wasn't trying to be a minister. It was a passive action. It wasn't Paul trying to hit the ball. Like Jude, John, and Jake, when they were in literally, they would focus on trying to hit the ball. However, this is Paul was hit by the ball. Paul had an experience where God, where he could no longer be who he was. He became a minister. And I want to begin to read, look at this. And I love this. He says, I became a minister. Now look at this. And that's verse 23. I now rejoice in my suffering for you. Did you get that? He says, I rejoice. Go on. He says, I do my share. Another, he says, I want to fully carry out the ministry. You see, I do not think future glory will come to California just because half this church is busy fulfilling their call, their destiny, and their ministry. I think it's going to take all of us, but we have to be fully invested into that which God has made us. If we're partially vested, then our whole hearts aren't going to be into it. I honestly do. I don't think I was the nation's greatest youth pastor. Some people say that, I will tell you what I was. I was fully invested in those young people. Go ask them. They're no longer 16. They're 40-something, some of them now, 30-something, some of them. And they say, you gave us your all. That's what brings glory to people. I think people know when we give them a half-hearted answer, a half-hearted service. The world is waiting for Paul's to rise up and say, you know what? We have been made a minister. Come on. I will rejoice. I will do. Say this this woman say, I will do my share. Say, I want to fully carry out. Say, I labor. So let's just read some of this. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship that is from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word. And so he's saying, come on, I labored. I want to fulfill. I want to do my share. Everyone say fulfill, fulfill. your purpose. 
I want to begin to tell you what happened to me, and I'm going to invite the band up, and then we are going to have one of the greatest things we could do together in that spill together. Uh, I believed in God most of my life, all my life, really. I was raised Catholic, but really nominal, pathetic Catholics. But I love my Catholic faith. I really do. It, made, it gave me a reverence for God. It gave me a reverence for the house of God. And it gave me a depth in it. But when I was in eighth grade, because I knew what it was to go to Catholic mass, participate in communion, but yet have it not mean one thing to me. And it wasn't that mass was off. It was that my faith had not been ignited. I was kind of like Paul. In Acts 9, he's on the road to Damascus with letters to persecute believers. Then in Acts 26, he begins to account his story. He said, I was on the road and I heard a voice from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why do you malign my church? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, now get up. I, get this, I have appointed you a minister. My appointment was not of my own making. We are not self-initiated ministers, but we're all ministers. I believe that every believer has a ministry that only your ministry and your life and who you are when you're fully invested can reach certain people. I watch my wife. She reaches people that I can never reach. But I can reach people she may not be able to reach. And God made us that way. So in eighth grade, mom and daddy sent Julie and I, we're twins, to a six-week Christian camp, a Baptist camp in Colorado. You said, I thought you were a Catholic. Did your parents go to a Billy Graham crusade? No, they should have. They wanted to get rid of Julie and I for six weeks. <laughs> Hooperetes, <laughs> underwear. At that camp, I had smoked marijuana for the first time right before the camp. And I got suspended from Central Catholic Junior High three times that year, my eighth grade year, three times. Don't ask me why. I still know. It was the last night of a six-week camp. I cannot believe it. When did you start trusting God with your finances to be generous? When I first trusted Jesus. They gave us a cross in the shape of popsicle sticks, a cross made out of popsicle sticks, glued with Elmer's glue. They had no super glue back then. And they said, if you accept Jesus, it's as real to me in this moment as it was when I was 14. Go away by yourself, and if you accept him, and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, come back to the fire and throw the cross in the fire. And that night, I could take you right now to Evergreen, Colorado, at this ranch. The waterfall is about three to two and a half feet high, and I sat on a rock, and I knew I was a sinner. You say, how? Sister Mary Andre told me.
I knew it without her confirming that. I said, God, forgive me. I knew I was. I knew I was. And I said, come into my heart. And I said, Jesus, when I get home, I'm not really going to be able to go to the Baptist church because mama is going to freak out. But I'll try. So I got home. I go, I'm going to the Baptist church. She goes, no, you're not. They go to church every day. And plus, you have to read the Bible. I go, I want to read the Bible. And it said, I will listen to you now, but I want you to know when I'm out of high school, the God who found me will find me again. And I will go to church where he wants me, not where you want me to go. And I could tell you in that moment, I was made a minister. I never thought it would be youth pastoring. I never thought it would have been preaching. But that was my ministry. But really, it doesn't come with the elevation or shouldn't. It starts off... I'm willing to be a bus boy. So if they treat me like one, I don't have to call for their manager. I think believers, sometimes we really get bent out of shape because we've lost the perspective. Compared to Christ and his ministry who came to serve, I'm a bus boy. And my knee bowed to the lordship of Jesus Christ. How do you know? How do you know it's still bowed? The most difficult thing to release. The Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Believe it or not, Jesus taught on money more than anything. And so this morning, as we participate together in this build together offering, when Becky and I come with you in a great symphony, and together like those under rollers, a miracle happened. The atmosphere over California can change. The atmosphere over your life, your children, your will, your body, your mind, you can have a miracle. I'll tell you, I went to university. I have a degree in business. I worked for Procter & Gamble. I was over $100 million worth of accounts. You should have seen my relatives and friends. It was so cool in the mid-80s to work for a Fortune 500 company just by people's reaction when you told them. What do you do? <laughs> Sales manager, Procter & Gamble. They go, oh, how many companies did you interview with? One, that one, and I got the job. Eight interviews, aptitude tests, and beat 275 other applicants out. You must be really smart. Well, actually, it's him, but... And I hate when people do that. They sing in the church and go, you go that's so annoying. They go, not me, not, it's him. It's like, no, it was you, actually. He gifted you to do it. I would become a youth pastor. I'd never been in a youth group. After six weeks of being a youth pastor, I thought, I will not do this anymore. I actually thought this, I'm not lying. I now know why some animals eat their young. I'm not joking. California can't be saved 
because you've discovered why you're breathing. Paul said, I have fully given myself to what God made me to be. And our disqualification comes when we only put half our heart and half our soul. And again, I'm not really thinking of the width of City Church, California. I'm thinking of our depth. And if we go deeper, God will determine the width and the breadth and the height of this. And so I promised 36 young people that I'd take them to a conference in Washington State. We were in Colorado. It was called Youth Alive at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington. It's one of the most sacred moments of my life. They were singing a song, I bow my knee before your throne. I know my life is not my own. I offer up a song of praise to bring you pleasure, Lord. And in that moment, God said, you could go back into the business world and I'm going to bless you. You'll do well. But I've called you to shepherd young people. And in that moment, you could ask my wife, I never looked to the right and I never looked to the left. And I began to dig my own wells. You say, how? We began to give like crazy. You say, how? We begin to pray. I was at an event in Montecito this week, and it was a big dinner, and this one lady got up, and she says, men, we need you to start praying because we know women outpray their husband. I thought, well, no one's outpraying me. I'll pray you. <laughs> you got to me too late. I've already dug that well. I'm digging that well. And can I say I did it in the word? I did it with service. I did it with sacrifice. I did it with study. When someone says, well, no one taught me to study, dig your well. No one told me to give. Then dig your well. Because when I go deep, God will go wide with this thing. And we do not. Revival isn't going to be like swimming in the shallow end of a pool in someone's backyard. And you have the floaties on. I say, let's take the floaties off. Let's go for this thing. Let's go for bro. And see California receive future glory right now. Come on. Can you say amen? Can you say yes, Lord? I want you to do this. I want you to stand up, and I'm going to invite Becky to come with me. When we move to Seattle, and I want you to grab your bill together envelope. Inside has Jude Fuquay and Sierra, John and Natalie Fuquay, Jake and Nancy. It also has Jack, Lucy, Rio. Quincy and Abishai Fuquay. And as we pray, you will see my future glory isn't just in this moment. I am connecting my family into the future of God in their family, in their place. I want to ask you a question. Do you know the part you should be playing? What is your part? When we had young men who run these cameras, they started when they were in eighth grade. They're now in 10th grade. What is that? That's a diaconos. That's just someone willing to be a bus boy or girl. You say, well, I just kind of show up. You could serve on a team. You could get involved in, come on, let's go deeper to bring glory to this state and our nation. Are you with me? And, and I just want to say before we pray, we move to Seattle in 1992, all we had in our account was $10,000. We had two boys, Jude was three, John was one, 
and Becky got pregnant with Jake. And we, our support was $1,400 a month. We paid our own medical insurance. They didn't have health care across the nation. That was $356 a month. And I remember thinking, God, should we tithe? And I told him out loud, my whole life is a stinking tithe. And Becky, I went to Becky, we both agreed, no, we'll give that 10%. And then all we got down to was $1,000. It was if that was our first bill together years ago. And it was in that moment. And it wasn't just giving, hear me. We had no money. I went through a training that cost me $400. I paid for it with Precept Ministry. It was level one, level two. You had to buy the books. In the first book I would study with Precept, K. Arthur, is 2 Timothy. And I would end up memorizing that book. And you see, you don't have to worry about your reach if you worry about going deeper. This is about deep calling to deep. And I was, going, I was driving from Seattle to Vancouver to preach at a Christian school uh, week, their spiritual emphasis week. God came into my car and he says, I now will use you to touch the youth of the world and your nation. And from that moment, invitations flooded from all over the world. How did that happen? They didn't even know me. It's called future glory. It's calling, you know what can I say? present pain isn't always the evil that's around us it's the present pain of sowing this type of sacrifice it's the present pain of going and serving someone else it's the present pain of willing to be a bus boy a bus girl and maybe get our minds off ourselves but where we're going to be those under rowers it's something about being on a team and together we're rowing and i feel california shifting i feel california turning i feel california going no 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 California is not going that way. She is not being steered by Satan. We are under rowers. We are going to make a decision. We want California to be revived, to have glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. Take your offering, your bill together. Will you hold it online? Stand up unless you're driving. And I want us to begin to pray. And I am praying that glory comes to your life and my life. But we will remember we're just bus people. We'll remember we're bond servants. We will remember we're under rowers. And we will remember this is his house. And we're just helping manage it for the glory of Jesus Christ. And you say, why? That we will present every person in California perfect and complete and whole in Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, here we come. This is such a sacred and holy, holy moment. God, it's beyond synergy. Lord, you said we're two or more. Touch anything in agreement. It will be done. Father, we come. This is, this is our hearts. Lord, we really have thrown caution to the wind. God, we've opened up our minds, our will, our belief in you. And God, we really press forward 
forward into you as we sow this seed. And God, I pray it will be catalytic in our life. And right now, as we sow this, we feel the very presence of God. We're being made a minister. God, we are going to fulfill our destiny. God, there is a purpose for us in this life right now in this season. And Father, we just thank you for it. We do this for the glory of our families, for God, the church, California, the nation, the world, and those yet to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray these envelopes represent family members to be saved. It represents future grandchildren, weddings, and partners. And come on, we pray now for the mighty work of Jesus Christ in and through us. And God, today we celebrate, build together. God, we're doing it together. We believe, we become, and we build, Lord. We're not just building our empire, we're building the great kingdom of God. And Father, we thank you for it. We rejoice today. We do our share today, Lord. And we are excited to sow, to worship, and to plant in this build together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.